know the game Never Have I Ever, where um, you say something you've never done, and if someone in the circle has done it, they drink. Well, I had a really good one up until a couple days ago, and it was Never Have I Ever Been Dumped. <laughs> now, hang on. It sounds like I'm a fucking gemstone and all the relationships I've been in have ended my way. But in reality, I only really dated Alan and then he died. So <laughs> my track record is pretty clean in that sense. Um, I didn't date anyone in high school, LOL. I didn't date anybody in college, really. There was a guy that I sort of rekindled a thing with, but we didn't go to the same school, so it was really just, like, on the phone calling each other babe. It wasn't really. And I sort of nipped that in the bud because I was starting to feel things for Alan and also, like, no. Like, you know, you're in college. You can't really do much else but just, like, what's right in front of you. Um, And then I fell in love with my best friend. And... Proceeded to have an eight-year relationship with him. And then he died. So. Um, so not dumped, though. Let's just remember that piece of it. And it's interesting because I would watch a lot of my single friends go through many relationships. Relationships that would last weeks or years. And the idea of being dumped... I mean, that's such a gross word. You're being dumped. You know what else is dumped? Shit. <laughs> like, like, shit is a dump. And then, like, garbage is a dump. I mean, I know there are other words, like, broken up with or whatever. But dumped is gross. And I think we need to, like, not say it. Because, like, unless you are a piece of shit and deserve to get dumped, it's a gross word. And I don't like it. But I wanted to say it because I never have. So I got dumped a couple days ago. I got broken up with. Um, which is a weird thing. And what's hard is it's not that serious. Like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. It's not like anyone died. Okay. Bad joke. Great joke. But I am taking it very seriously because A, it's the first one of mine. To ever happen and be like I just want everyone to be really sensitive about it like oh my god poor dear a man died that she was in love with and then she goes on another date and starts seeing this guy for a couple months and then he dumps her oh can she catch a break it's not that deep it really isn't but it's hard it's, it's another one of those moments where I realize that just because a really really fucking awful thing happened to me does not mean that bad things are not going to happen to me for the rest of my life like and if you go too dark and go too deep in that hole, it is very, very hard to get out of the idea that ahead of me lies more pain and more grief and more sorrow. If you look at it that way, there's also a ton of joy and beauty coming my way also. But it is hard to think about the fact that like, you don't just get one, like this isn't just like the one bad thing that happened to me. And now I'm always going to be you know, fucking ride in first class up in the sky. Oh my God, I did Frank Sinatra and Fergie already. I'm <laughs> just so layered. But like, you know, it's like when I missed my flight in New Orleans and I was like, um, no, I didn't miss my flight because um, my partner died. So like, you were wrong. The plane's still very much there. That can't possibly be true. 
shit happens no matter what, no matter what's happened to you. And people who have, there are people in this world who have gone through so much worse and still have shit happening to them all the time. So like, who am I? But also it sucks. It sucks to like be stuck in traffic or like get in a fight with your boss or like miss a flight or get broken up with because you just add it to the fucking layered, layered cake of garbage that's coming your way. And it's, it's hard to feel that. But anyway, dating, I wasn't going to talk about dating in full because I was seeing this guy and I was like, oh my God, what if he listens to it? And then like, he has this whole world. And, and then, you know, I hadn't told him about Alan for a good long while, but now <laughs> we're not together. So <laughs> let's do this. One of the things that put me off about him is that he wasn't into social media and like it shouldn't have like I remember being like that's not fair just because he's not on Facebook or like Instagram like who the who the fuck cares like our grandparents weren't on Facebook or Instagram like that's not a thing but because social media is such a big part of my grieving process I thought that maybe that would do the work for me in terms of getting him to understand my situation I was like talking to this guy way back when on a dating app and he like went and Facebook stalked me and was like, I see that you like lost your boyfriend. Like that sucks. And like that did it for me. And so I was like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it does. Really relieved that I don't have to tell you. But this dude that I was into had no idea unless I said the words to him, which was really scary, but also good because I had to say it at one point. I had my first telling someone who didn't know me before Alan and I never met Alan like I had to do that with a friend of mine and now I have to do it with someone who I'm interested in and like want to date and that's more complicated and more tricky but I have to say I have to say it anyway and then you know one of the things that's on my dating app is that I'm you know trying to start a podcast and everybody is like what's it about (laughs) so maybe I should take that off the dating app because the answer is um you know just like coping with an insane loss of the person I was in love with anyway like Six four, cool. You must be really tall, like, you know. <laughs> so dating has been complicated, obviously. And I was telling—I may have said this before—but in any other manner of grief, right? Like you could never replace the th- person you've lost. Like if you lose a sibling or a child or a parent, like no one's going around being like, "Oh, you'll get a new sister," or like a parent's going to adopt you. You'll have a new mom. No, that's unheard of. It's terrible. It's not in remotely in the realm of reality. But when you lose a partner, that is something that you can have another one of. And yes, of course, it's not going to be the same. But even the idea of people being like, and you'll find love again. Like, f- no. Like, yeah. I guess like is so then I should be grateful is it a gift then like thank god I lost my partner and not my sister knock on all the fucking wood that ever was built am I supposed to feel good about the fact that there are other goddamn fish in the sea it's weird it's weird that this is something I can quote-unquote replace even though never in my wildest dreams could I replace him And I'm not trying. I'm not trying. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to replace him. I'm not even trying to, like, find a boyfriend. Y'all, physical touch. (laughs) Not even sex. Just physical touch is such an important thing. And it's so funny because as a child, 
I remember so vividly, my dad, this is so textbook, my dad didn't hug me, but he didn't like to hug. And like, he wasn't physically affectionate. And I remember something clicking in me. And I thought my dad was the coolest man that ever walked the planet. And so if you don't hug people, then like, that's okay. Then like, you're cool. I remember the moment that I thought that. And over time, I've learned to be more physically affectionate. And there are certain people that I can't stop being physically affectionate towards. But Alan was like super physically affectionate to me. I remember my my friends and I joke, my high school friends, because my my friend Courtney said like, I didn't realize you could play footsie standing up, but he has proved me wrong because he would like stand on, like anytime we were like at a party or at a house, like just standing around at like a, some, a friend's house, he would put his foot on my foot. Like just, just a presence, just to let me know, like I'm near you and a hand on the small of your back, you know, just those things. And when you have something like that for eight years and you really, really don't realize that you have it. It wasn't that he was like kissing my neck in public or like PDA all the time. It was just, just enough to keep me supported and a reminder that like, I'm right here. And when the absence of that is all you can feel and you have such a loving, beautiful community of people, but they don't, they can't stand on your foot you know, and they can touch you sometimes and hug you goodbye and, and give you love, but it's not the same. It's not that like jolt that goes up your spine when that particular person touches that particular part of your body. You know, I miss physical touch and I miss physical touch. That means like, I want to be here with you, that you're the person I want to be touching this way. And that's specific And to go on a date to get that is weird. And it's not just sex. I I need to stress that. Yes, sex is important. And yes, I need sex also. Like, that's a huge part of, you know, not having Alan around. But there's something else. I'm not just... That's the intimacy piece of it that is what I want. And that comes with knowing each other and being vulnerable with each other. So it comes with time. So I was looking... I'm looking for a specific type of person to kind of fill that void. And this guy was doing it. This new guy that I was seeing, I'm going to call him. Well, he is never going to listen to this. I don't think I'm just going to do it. Cause like, what am I doing? If I'm not being honest, his name's Craig. That's all I'll say. And he's not a bad guy by any stretch. He was, he's an adult and he, we talked forever on our first date and he didn't kiss me goodnight. And I was like, Oh God, but And that started the wheels, right? That started the piece of, I have never been on a date before. The last time someone kissed me was on a futon in my college dorm room by a person I never thought would kiss me. And I was so glad he kissed me. And then it went from there, right? And I knew him. I knew his middle name. And I knew, you know, his dreams, the stupid shit. And like, you know, I knew a lot about him. This guy, you know... I don't know what the rules are. And of course there are no rules and they're different depending on everybody. And, but everyone has their idea of what the rules are. So then like I go in the single camp of like talking to all my girlfriends and being like, what does this mean? And they're like, Oh my God, girl, it's so respectful. It's so polite. Or they're like, Oh, maybe he doesn't like you. You know, they're, then you start doing that and it's exhausting. And to those of you who date on a regular basis, you are champions because this shit is whack 
and it fucks with your head and I don't need another reason to doubt myself or my instincts or a circumstance. Like, <laughs> that cup hath been filled, please, and thank you. But anyway, he did like me, and we went on a series of dates I can't even count anymore, going to his house, him coming to my apartment, having sex, talking about life, playing board games, drinking beer, all the things that dates are. Then it came time for me to be like, okay, I need to tell him about Alan. I have to because I'm really into him and I like him so much and he likes me so much, but he doesn't like the whole me because he's not aware of this very crucial piece of information. So I'm in therapy being like, when's the time? And she's like, don't let too much time go by. And then my stepdad, who's like, this is like this heterosexual dude who right now is like my <laughs> point person for all things straight man. He's like, don't tell him right away because he will run. And I'm like, well, if he runs, I don't want him to be with me in the first place. But then also like, do, but if I want him to just touch the small of my back, maybe he doesn't need to know about Alan. But now I'm like kind of into him. And he likes baseball. And he asks me who the Babe Ruth of Broadway is. And I'm fascinated by that. And that becomes a whole thing. And like, do, am I so into this dude? So I tell him, I finally tell him. And there's no right way to tell somebody that you're into that the person you love and still I'm in, you know, I'm still in love with Alan. That person is no longer on, in this world. And if he were, I wouldn't be sitting here. Of course, my therapist was like, maybe don't say that. <laughs> but, you know, that's there. That's the unspoken thing, that I wouldn't be sitting here with you if he were here. Because it's pretty fresh. A year and a half is still pretty fresh. And that's the other piece that, like, I don't want to drill because you don't want to say to someone, it's still very much a part of my life and still very much haunting me and I cry every day about it because that's not sexy. It's every other part of me is so honest about my grief. I don't pull, pull punches. I tell everyone exactly how I'm feeling and the, and the like weight and gravity, gravity of what I'm feeling. But with this, I have to sort of finesse it and kind of like make it hot. Like grief, but make it fashion, you know? If I'm crazy blubbering and a mess, it's not gonna go the way that I want it to go but also I'm not gonna be like yeah this dude died it's whatever anyway what's for dinner you know so to ride the wave and ride that line and get him to understand that this is real but also it's not gonna affect us negatively all the time but like it might but like and also I don't know what it's gonna do because I've never done this before you're the first person I'm interested in after my partner died woof so I told him, but a lot better than that, I promise. Explained the whole situation. And he was awesome. He said all the right things, you know. I'm here for you. I'll, you take the lead on this. And whatever you're feeling, I'll try and follow suit. Like, it was like textbook awesome. And I was like, I am confused. But also really grateful. And that was that. And then, like, other things became the problem, which is weird because I was ready for Alan to be the problem. And then it was like, he was obsessed with work and also he's going to film school and he was just busy all the time and depressed and boring. And like, we went from like hot and heavy for maybe like two or three dates to like sitting on the couch, him falling asleep. And I was like, I am not interested in this. I have plenty of ways I can be depressed on my own. I don't need you falling asleep in my lap. Like I want fun and exciting and 
sexy and like can't keep our hands off of each other and going and trying new things and you taking me on dates like I don't want this okay and so we sort of stopped for a while because he doesn't he lives like 40 minutes away so like it was easy to just sort of like okay and then I sort of kept we didn't we never said we were going to be exclusive so I like you know met some other people and it wasn't anything serious but I was just having a good time and then he was like are we done and I was like I don't know man are we done you seem like you have no time for me and because the other thing is that like I'm learning how to date as an adult as a 32 year old person Alan's death aside the last time I was in this situation of trying to figure out if I wanted to date someone I was 22 22 year old Janine was a lot different than 32-year-old Janine, even without the grief piece. She's 10 years older. She has a full-time job and a car and an apartment, and she knows who she is. And maybe in 10 more years, she'll be even fucking better. But right now, she's, a, she's, she's different. She's more confident, still got some shit. But a 32-year-old person obviously is different than a 22-year-old person, and, a, and that person is now trying to date and not and a, and a stranger, not someone who's known her since she was 18 and has watched her grow and transform and be, you know, getting into adulthood. So dating as an adult is tricky because I'm trying to tell people what I want because I think I deserve that. We all deserve that anyway, 22 or 32, but I don't think you really get it. And so now I'm like, on top of that, a man is dead, so I'm definitely gonna not, you know, be dicked around. And if you aren't interested in me, you're going to have to tell me right now because games are not on my list. So I said something like, you know, you tell me if we're done because I'm ready to move through this. I can. The best thing about being a widow is that you can be like, I've been through worse and I can be alone. So if you're not interested in touching the small of my back, you can see yourself out because I can handle that just fine. But he wasn't ready to duck out. He was like, I'm here. Let's do this. I'm sorry. I've just been nuts. But now school's like almost finishing up and I want to be your boyfriend. And I was like, whoa. And I was like, okay, well, you haven't met any of my friends yet. And let's, let's try it. Like I'm having Adam's family's coming up in two weeks. The show I'm directing, you could come see it. You can come to my work. We could sort of like feel it out what it's like to be like a public dating couple. Like, I don't know. Sure. That's where we were. We had finally, like, said that's what's going to happen. And um, he came over to my apartment, and I had missed him because I hadn't seen him in, like, three weeks. And so I, like, had really actually missed him. And that felt really good to recognize someone and recognize that feeling. And it was going really well for, like, four days. <laughs> like, this has been ongoing, right? On and off. We met in, like, January. And it's May. So, like... Seeing each other on and off for a good part of like four or five months. February, March, April, May. Four months. Finally, we're at this place where we've talked about who we are and what we want to be. We say the words boyfriend, girlfriend. We say the words relationship. We go on like two or three dates after that. And then this motherfucker sends me a text message 20 minutes before I'm about to walk into my first tech rehearsal, which he knows because he knows my schedule. And it's like, hey, this has been weighing on my mind, but... I know I mentioned way back when, when we first started, you know, talking that I may be moving to LA to pursue a career in film. Blink, blink. And while I'm not quite sure if I'm moving yet, if we keep dating, 
it's going to make things really hard when that decision does come. I don't think I could be a very good boyfriend to you knowing that I'm like one foot out the door. <sighs> okay. Information that would have been really useful to me in fucking January. Yes, we talked about it, but like that was never... There were so many other things that we talked about. You could have said this when I told you about my dead fucking partner. You could have said this when we were, when I was bored and we were like, are we really doing this? You could have said this at any point in time. No, you chose to say it three days after you were like, let's be in a relationship. So I was like, are you really doing this to me over text message right now? And he was like, I just think I could fall for you and I can't move to LA if I fall for you. And here I am being like, "Mm, then don't go to LA. This man doesn't know what he wants. It's not my problem, but dudes are idiots. That's not fair. Some dudes are idiots. And the fact, the timing of this was just laughable. Like it was so silly, but also embarrassing because here I am like telling the world everything like I do and telling my entire staff that this man's coming to see Adam's family and telling my parents like Craig's back in the picture, everyone. I can't wait for you to meet him. Beep, boop, beep, boop, boop. Cut to nah, nah, nah. I'm going to fucking sunny California without you because it's too hard. Maybe. So I was like, you're breaking up with me, I think. And he was like, yeah, I just, I don't think I could do this. But I've enjoyed every minute of being around you. Um, thank you. I, I guess that's okay then. I don't know. It kind of felt good to be angry at someone who's still alive. <laughs> and who I can just write off as having his own shit to deal with. It's hard to be mad at a dead person. And it's hard to not be able to say the things you want to say to that person. This felt kind of good for me to be like, oh, and also, and go off and he would hear it, whether or not he respond was his thing, but I could say it to a person who was breathing, you know? But it also sucks because... Now I have to do it all over again. Now I have to meet a person and see if I like the person and and tell them about my dead partner. It feels like a it feels like a fucked up memento situation. It feels like I've just sort of rolled back to square one and that's what dating is and I understand that. But it's weird when you're in a relationship ish, not even, but it's weird when you're seeing someone and you're serious about each other and you kind of realize that you have your shit together more than they do. And you've been through utter devastation. It's kind of a confidence booster. It's also just bizarre. And I really want to introduce somebody to my friends. Like I really want to have someone hold my hand around other people. Like that's something I really miss. And I know I can't manufacture it. I can't make it happen just because I want it to. It's going to happen if it happens. But it's just a bummer. And now I get it. You know, now I'm drinking around the circle because I got broken up with and it's a bunch of bullshit. I'm lucky that I don't have low self-esteem to really let this ruin me because it's not. He also boosted my confidence in a lot of other ways and 
I guess it went down in a way that was like, I like you so much, so I have to let you go kind of thing. It wasn't like, you're actual garbage and you suck and you're fat. Bye. Like, it wasn't like that. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great any way you slice it. And it's just made me think about relationships in the future and what I want. And it makes me sad because I don't want to have to do it. It's a lot of work and it's exhausting. And my confidence level on any given day, who knows where it's going to be. And Alan made me feel good about myself, but he also would say things that didn't make me feel good about myself. And there were definitely things we could work on just because our relationship, when a relationship gets cut off midstream, it's easy to make us out to be the perfect couple. And it's easy to make him into a saint. He wasn't a saint. He had a lot of fucking problems. So did I. And our relationship was far from perfect. It wasn't bad. We respected each other in ways... He was my part... The actual word partner it does make sense with him because he was like a companion and a, and a friend and just my guy in a lot of ways. But there was stuff we could absolutely work on and there was stuff we could fix and there were things that caused us to almost break up several times. We weren't perfect, but we wanted to be right for each other. And so we kept working on it. And that comes from so much history <laughs> and so much time. And now I have to sort of fast track that maybe if I want something like that again, or I have to understand that the relationship I'm going to have with anybody in the future is not going to be like that for better or for worse. And I, it's just hard to think it's going to be for better because he knew everything about me. Well, he didn't know one thing. <laughs> There's one thing I didn't tell him. It was a stupid thing that I did in college because I knew he would, I made out with a guy he would not have been happy with me about. And I never told him, I'm not telling you either who it is. You don't get to know. But there, that's the only secret I ever kept from him. He knew everything about me and to try and find that you can't you can't find that history you can't make it up and now I go into a world at 32 where you know and then this is where the social media thing is hard because you watch these people who have these full lives with husbands and children and I don't even want kids <laughs> he didn't want kids either I don't want like a house with a dog and a, and a yard that's not how I thought success was going to look like I just want to feel fulfilled with someone else, but I don't know that I want it because I want it, or I want it because it's what I had, or I want it because that's what everybody's supposed to want. You know, I mean, that goes back to all these questions, and I know that another person is not going to make me happy, but it's not a sin, I don't think, to want to feel loved by someone who looks at you that way, someone who makes you get up in the morning because you have someone to live your life with. Not for, but beside. It's depressing. <laughs> and it's also very exciting. Craig once told me he wanted to watch me walk down the hallway because I was so gorgeous. That was great. I, Alan never said that to me. So, like, you know, there are ups. It's... I don't really have a moral here. I don't have a, a 
a point I'm making. This is uh, uncharted territory, and uh, I'm just trying to make it work for myself. But it sort of came to an end. <laughs> round one of dating came to an end, and I got to start round two and also start year two pretty soon of not having year three. Oh, my God, year three of not having Alan. So it's all very bizarre. And it's me trying to be a self-sustaining, confident widow who misses the man she's supposed to be with, but also is excited about the men she might be with in the future at the same time. Contradictions galore. I don't know. Who knows, you know? As Fester says in Adam's family, who's to say? <laughs>